High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. And a good nerve, Shabbos. It's Machi Litsker, and I'm delighted to be back with you. And what a special time it has been, and what a special time we are in and going forward with. We're still in the month of Nisan, the month of miracles, the month of new beginnings, a nation rescued. Well, what could come next? It had never happened before. A nation of slaves. Almost three million souls were redeemed. And before that happened, there was leadership. There was the manifestation of the supernatural within the natural with the ten plagues, the crossing of the Sea of Reeds, clouds of glory, a fire leading them, protecting them, illuminating their way at night, miracles. What comes next? Next comes the month of ER, the month we're going to bless in shul tomorrow, the month of healing. ER is actually an acronym for the words Ani Hashem Rofecha, I am God, your healer. What is godly healing? What healing is needed? We have to look at ourselves and realize that we are beings who are made up of much more than the physical. Of course, physical health enables us to access so much of God's blessings to live a full life. But we are souls in a body. We have a mind. We have a heart. We have all these wonderful components created by God and put together into one being, and there needs to be balance. If any one of these aspects is out of balance, we're not well. God forbid physically ill, mentally, emotionally not well. God forbid spiritually ill. And because we don't see the soul that clearly, we don't often understand and identify spiritual illness. But we're essentially a soul on a journey in a body. Essentially, the soul comes down to this world for a great purpose. And the purpose is to do its part, to make this world a dwelling place for God, and through its participation, through its giving its all, the body and the soul together become refined. Because really, the body is also from a spiritual source. And our bodies, our physical lives, come from such a high source. We have that teaching that Kabbalistic teaching that the higher the source, the lower the manifestation, the ability to manifest godliness, spirituality in the very coarse physical. 
and for us to extract, to refine, to elevate the spirituality that exists in things physical, social, in events, in the things that God brings to us. That's what we want to talk about today. I want to begin by greeting everyone, especially my friends in our parents' home in Sandringham Gardens, people I haven't seen in quite a while, and to say that Shabbos is coming in sooner. In other words, we're going to have Shabbos earlier today, earlier than usual. We look forward to that. Shabbos. Candles will be lit by 5.19 today, and Shabbos leaves us tomorrow at 6.08. So hopefully we're getting ready quickly so we can welcome the Shabbos. And what a special Shabbos it is. I'm sure you've heard that the reaction to the horrific shooting in California just a week ago tomorrow has prompted the most wonderful, wonderful, positive reaction. What a week it has been. A week of Jewish pride. A week of standing up with dignity and strength. A week of getting in touch with who we really are. The Jewish nation needs to be a light in this world. We are the ones chosen at Sinai to carry Hashem's message of light, of holiness, of purpose, of meaning. And this Shabbos is going to highlight that. Now, you know, when a woman says, I'm going to make Shabbos, the question is, Hashem makes Shabbos. It's a day of the week. What does Boba mean when she says, Ich mach Shabbos? What does it mean when a woman says, This week, I'm making a special Shabbos? Because everything in this world is a combination of what God gives us and what we put into it. We are meant to be active participants in life. And anything that Hashem brings us, and of course everything is from Him, is specifically for us to take from or to give to, to run with, to enlarge, to see the possibilities, to extract from. And so when a woman makes Shabbos, she's going to make it beautiful. She's going to put her heart and soul, her neshama, into making it all it can be. And Jews around the world this week are going to make Shabbos special. They're going to fill the shuls. They're going to come together with Jewish pride. As much as people might be afraid, what reaction should there be to that impetus coming from heaven that could make us afraid? Well, we have something called choice. We can choose. No other creature has choice. It is choice that belongs to us alone. People can choose. They can choose how to react. They can choose good 
or God forbid evil. And that's not just in big momentous, earth-shattering decisions. It's every second of our day. At every moment, we are given choices, and the choices are before we get the choice, we already are empowered to be able to meet the choice with strength, with optimism, with hope, with clarity, with positivity. We'll talk more about that after this break. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. It's Erev Shabbos Mavorchim. It's Erev Shabbos of blessing the new month of Iyar. Iyar is a month of healing. The word Iyar stands for Ani Hashem Rof Echa, I am God, your healer. It's a kind of healing that we can access in this month, which is a combination of what God gives and what we make of it. For every day of this month is dedicated to growth. We are the counting, we are counting each day a step closer to the receiving of the Torah. But each and every day of this month, we examine a different aspect of self and we ask God that because of our efforts, He should meet us and heal us. There's so many things in our personality that invites growth. There's nothing about us that has ever quite arrived. We can always be kinder, gentler, more objective. We can always be more patient, have more fortitude, more compassion. We can always have more restraint in the correct way. We can always behave in a more dignified way. With all of our gifts of thought, speech, and action, we can grow in each and every area. We have choice. My thoughts, my speech, my action should become more refined with each passing day, with each Incident with each activity, with each setting that God puts me into. We are much more than a body. There is purpose in everything. There's purpose in everything Hashem has ever done, does, or will do. Anything God ever created, creates, or will create, orchestrated, orchestrates, or will orchestrate, is laden with infinite godly purpose. And when Hashem created the world, He left a space for us to participate. He made a world. He made a universe. He wants us to turn it into a home for Him. There's an aspect of the world that needs to be healed. God left that unfinished so that we can heal the world. There's an aspect of this world that needs to grow. And when we say world, we don't mean the vegetable patch out there. We mean everything and everything about ourselves. 
We need to grow. We need to help others grow. We need to be healed. We need to help others heal and heal the world. We constantly need to improve and to help others improve. And these are the choices. Almost everything is predestined. But there's a narrow corridor of choice. And the way we can examine it is between self-serving and God-serving. Between things that connect and bring love or things that, God forbid, separate and bring suspicion and lead to, God forbid, hate. If I'm only in this world for me, I'm small. I will remain small. But if I see the divine providence in every moment, and I know that every challenge is there, if I notice it, it's for me to embrace. I know that God sent it. I know he's right here. He didn't send it. He's brought it. He's the director of the most minute detail. And he made the world imperfect so that we can perfect. We're not perfect. Life's not perfect. But that's God's design. He made us. He makes us. He wants to give us a part in making this world a dwelling place comfortable for him. He wants us to see beyond ourselves, become bigger than ourselves. And when he gives us a challenge, that's the moment that we can become great. It's not about having a perfect life. I have enough money. Thank God, a wonderful spouse, wonderful children, a beautiful home, cars, houses. It's about perfecting life. It's about taking the imperfect and seeing the possibility. It's about improving things for us and for others. And very often it's about improving things for others that brings us the greatest improvement. We each have to do our part, and it fits together like a perfect puzzle. We've got to play our role. That's why the stage has been set and brought to us. And when we all play our role, of course there can be leading actors. But each of us plays the role, then the entire production is a success. Of course, can't expect everyone to remember their lines all the time. So we have to watch out for the people around us. And if they miss a line, we're there with kindness because we're all in this together we all want to make this world a better place. We want to heal this world. Whenever God brings us an opportunity, it's usually called a challenge, a difficulty, something disappointing, frustrating, sometimes something scary. What is required? It is required that we first remember that we're connected to God. To be aware of Hashem. To be aware of all the others around us that he has brought to us at this moment. He brings the people together. And he brings us all together for a reason. 
And the reason is we might have to say a certain word or do something specific. There might be an action that needs to be taken right now. It's up to us to think and to choose. And you can choose. You can either react or you can withdraw. You can either speak or you can miss the opportunity and remain silent. Or sometimes with strength you can be silent rather than lashing out. Each one of us is made up of a mind, a soul, a heart, and a body, and very often it's our personality that gets in the way. We've got our human side. We've got our godly side. And God has made us that way, and we have to ask, what's it about? Why does he put difficulty inside of us? kind of illness or potential illness. And the answer is that everything in this world has power. Our choice is to use things correctly. The weapons of destruction can also become, they can be beaten into plowshares. They can become the tools of growth, of healing. So let's share a story there was this musician who was very free-spirited who came to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And he wanted to discuss his idea of free expression. And they were talking, and somewhere during the conversation, quite brashly, the young man said, Rebbe, I can't stand following any law or being told what to do. I have a powerful an archic streak inside of me. I want to rebel. I like dis- anarchy. That's my free expression side. As he said it, he kind of braced himself that the Rebbe would now give him a lecture, a sermon. He was shocked to hear the Rebbe's answer. To this outburst, The Rebbe smiled, his eyes twinkled, and he said, Don't we all? (laughs) And then the Rebbe said, That aspect of us is called the Yetzer Hara, or the animal soul. And it's in order to harness this energy for the good that we descend into this world. God made us. He made our anarchic streak. He made our desire for self-expression. He made all of these things inside each one of us. Our choice is how we use it. And the Rebbe said, it's in order to harness this energy, which obviously has tremendous godly power and potential. Harness it. Choose. Use the energy for good. Don't squash. We come into this world to use this world for good. And it's to transform the nature of our character traits. Don't squash them. Redirect them. And that's what the counting of the Omer is about. Examining each aspect of what we are and bringing it into balance, into healing, 
so that it connects us to who we really are. And it brings us and the world great light. You know the old story of the American Indian chief whose grandchild came to him and he had two wolves, two baby, baby wolves. Grandfather, he said, can you tell which one is going to become the bigger one? And the grandfather answered, the one that you feed. The one that you feed. Each one of us inside of us has inclinations. There's the godly inclination to do good in this world, to restrain ourselves from negativity, to show compassion, to be dedicated with fortitude to godly pursuits, to have humility, recognizing godliness in everything, to be bonded with Hashem and with all of the good things in this world and to behave like a mensch. But we can channel, God forbid, all of those aspects into selfish things. Instead of showing love to others and to God, we love ourselves and we indulge and we love food and we love comfort and we love beautiful things and there's nothing wrong with using all of those things in balance to serve God. He wants us to eat. He wants us to honor the Shabbos with food. He wants us to be comfortable. He wants us to be warm and have shelter and have dignified clothing, but not because it's my free expression and I want and I feel everything in balance. Everything, the love, the discipline, the fortitude, the compassion, balanced. And that's what the counting of the Omer is really all about. We can make choices. We can direct that fire that we have inside of us to godly pursuits. Harness the energy for the good. That's why we came down into the world. And this past week, and because of social media, we met a man whose name is Yisrael, the name of the nation. A chosid, Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein, who has inspired and uplifted and has fired up the hearts of people everywhere. This is not a politician. This is not someone who sits and writes speeches, someone who speaks from the heart. He's a chosid of the Rebbe, a chosid who was confronted by potential anarchy. He was challenged. There was a killer in his shoe. And there on Yontif, bleeding profusely, with his dear friend lying, gunned down in front of him, he made a choice. He could run and hide, which is the instinct, or he could react. And he was able to remember Hashem, 
to remember God is next to him. I am with you, says God, in every situation and certainly with you in difficulty. He was able to draw on the teachings of his Rebbe. And he remembered action is needed. I am here to serve my creator. I am here to uplift others. I will not be taken down. This fear is going to spur me on to greater heights. From darkness we bring light. Everything we study is really to put it into action. And how amazing to hear a man take his trauma and put it into action. Not only recounting the story of what happened on Achron Shel Pesach last Shabbos, but to carry it on with sending messages of light and hope and encouragement at the time when he's so broken, physically in great pain, nothing stops this man from using the impetus, from using this wild moment and rising to the occasion and asking not only for things that are ordinary, like we have to be protected and get the children out and do this and do that, but carrying it on and saying, let's look at why these things happen and let's do something about it. It's not just about my community. It's about the world. He's drawing on everything that the Rebbe taught us. He's drawing on everything that he was educated with and he's putting it into action. The Rebbe wanted a moment of silence to start the day in the schools so that one could reflect on one's purpose, one's importance in this world, whatever your religion, to connect with a higher power and a purpose. I am somebody. I have been created. I am important. And Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein, despite his pain, emotional pain, destruction in his shul, destruction in his life, fights the fear with light. He knows that we're here. L'sakein o'ilom b'malchus shin. And then Dalet then Yud. We are here to improve, to finish, to perfect this world. And we saw this week, he did a human, what we call hishtadlus, effort. And this brought the most incredible response from millions of people and from the President of the United States himself. Let's look at it. All of us, we have been empowered by the wonderful month that will soon end. We had Rosh Chodesh. Of Nisan. We had Erev Pesach. We had the Seder. We had the Haggadah. We told our children the story. We relived it. We drank four cups of wine. We ate the matzah of humility. 
We ate the moror, that taste of bitterness. We reclined. We were in a month of Nisei Nisim. This, the letter Nun is the letter of miracles. There are two Nuns in the month of Nisan. And then on the last day of Pesach, choices had to be made. After the seventh day of Pesach, when the sea split into 13 lanes, comes number eight. Seven is the ordinary cycle, seven days of the week. Number eight is beyond. After this short break, we'll talk about that. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Oh, and we're back on air, and we're speaking about the number eight. Seven is the world God created. What's number eight? Number eight is beyond the world. Number eight can be called human effort, human action. Thank God. Hashem gave huge visible success to Rabbi Yisrael Goldstein. He gave him the right words. And somehow over and over again, he gave him the strength. We have the teaching, If you come to become purified, you are helped from heaven. Our sages tell us, God says to us, open for me an opening as big as the eye of a needle. And I will come towards you. I will open for you. An opening as big as the doorways of a huge auditorium. But as the Kotzke Rebbe said, yes, as small as the eye of a needle, but clean, not jagged, not blocked with dirt. In other words, a pure effort, a sincere effort. And there was sincerity there. And over and over again, God walked toward Reb Yisroel with great infinite strides and gave him success and brought what could have been, God forbid, a massacre, brought it to an end. Reb Yisroel rose up. He rose to the moment. And he said, and he did, with kindness, Understanding that Hashem was there, never criticizing, caring about the people, caring about others. And he set a chain of events into motion, not only in his shul then, but he has helped us all to have clarity in healing our lives and our worlds. Because God sets the stage, that's called Isarusa de la Ela. Our response makes it all happen. God did miracles in the month of Nisan. And what happens in the month of Iyar? Our response brings an even higher revelation from God, an even higher Isarusa de la Eila. It was a clear Pesach miracle. There's no question. The gun jammed. A carnage, God forbid, was totally avoided. But the biggest miracle was man taking initiative, doing his part, educating by example, 
His action has become a beacon of light, of clarity. We must live with Jewish pride. We must be an example to our families, our communities, to the world. What are we? What is a Jew? A Jew needs to be Zion. It means a symbol. Through our mezuzahs, through our tefillin, through the way we dress, through the way we eat and what we don't eat, we are an example, we are a sign that there is an owner, a creator to this world. Every day God sets the stage. Every day we have to make choices. And every day God stands by ready to build our choices into a real game changer of massive, lasting, universal proportions. We don't usually get to see the consequence of our self-control, of our actions. But this week, we were privileged to see Hashem parted the curtains. He showed us clearly that good choices are powerful. The power of a conscious good choice rebounds, crescendos, impacts beyond what we can fathom, beyond what we could ever, ever imagine. I'm sure you've seen the videos yesterday in the White House. Every mitzvah we do is eternal. Our Rebbe has said that the call of the hour now is goodness and kindness unconditional love to cancel causeless hate. Jewish pride, values, decency create light over darkness, light that banishes darkness. And here we are counting the Omer, reflecting, refining, making good choices to act differently. Not theory, practice, we will be reading Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 1 this week. Look into it. See where it says, Emor ma'atva sehar Don't talk so much, but do a lot. Where it says, Be of the disciples of Aaron. Love peace. Pursue peace. Love the creatures and bring them close to the Torah. We have a great heritage. We need to be a light unto the nations. Here we are, entering the month of Iyar, the month of healing. We need to know that it is up to us to lead the way to heal the world. Shirk nothing. Whatever God brings to you is potential for tremendous growth, improvement, light. Let's stop being angry at the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. It's God behind each and every one of the challenges. And don't waste your time arguing with the messenger. Hear the message and run to complete the mission. The month of Iyar comes after two weeks of the counting of the Omer in Nisan and before a week's worth of counting in the month of Sivan. But this is the month of healing. 
One explanation of healing, if God says, I am the Lord, your healer, what comes before that is all the illness that I put on the Egyptians, I won't put upon you, for I am the Lord, your healer. Now, the word Egyptian, Mitzrayim, is akin to the word Metzar, limitation, like Tsaurus, like Tsar, like narrow. And we're told that inside every Metzar, inside every Tsar difficult situation, there is God. He puts the difficulty because everything comes from him. Knowing that is already healing. Once we recognize where these difficulties are coming from, we already have healing. We have direction. We have someone to talk to. When we believe, Ani Hashem, Reifecha, when we believe that there is a God, and that God is the creator, the creating force now, of everything, of all of creation, that becomes our healing. We no longer have an imbalance. We have perspective. No matter where I am, God forbid in Siberia, God forbid in the concentration camp, God forbid facing a rifle. You're here, God. You brought that to me. You must have given me the strength to try and figure this out. And I know that when I do, I am fulfilling my purpose, my mission of being down here in this world. Once we're healthy, we can interact properly with everything in our lives, no matter what. We're coming from Pesach. Look at the women in Egypt. The women projected strength, optimism, They acted, they planned for a bright future. They said, we have a promise from our parents that God will redeem us. So how did they behave while still in Egypt? They encouraged the men whose faith was more suppressed than that of the women. Women have more faith. It's closer to the surface Women are closer to the essence. They encourage the men. Despite the difficulties and the families being separated, they went to visit the men in the fields. They had children. They raised the children. And while they were in pain, they had optimism. And they made musical instruments. So confident were they that they were going to get out of Egypt and that God was going to perform miracles for them, they were prepared to celebrate the miracles even while they were in the darkness, in the pain. That is a spirit of health. I may be ill, but my mind is strong. I may be in difficulty, but I know I'll get out of it. And when we have that mindset, it leads to healthy, balanced reactions. 
That's the difference between true health and true illness. Whether it's spiritual, emotional, mental, physical. As long as there's balance. As long as there's balance. We can think on our feet. We can remember that Hashem is there. And I'm going to close with a story that you might have read yesterday or the day before. Not read, but listened to. The wonderful Torah thought that was going around. And this story was shared. And the man, perhaps he's a rabbi, is sharing the story of his grandmother. And his grandmother was a Holocaust survivor. And his grandmother, after the war, never spoke about the Holocaust. But she was like another mother to him, to his siblings. And she helped to raise him. She was always in the house. She was always cooking and doing and preparing, but she never spoke about the Holocaust. Then he said when he got married and he had children, they were the grandmother's first great-grandchildren, and she often came and she helped, etc., but she never interfered. Then one day, an event caused her to open up and share a story. And the story was of her as a young girl in the concentration camps, and it went like this. She said, when we came to the concentration camps, there was a lot of us, and there was one girl whose mother, for some reason, had always forced her to eat more and more and more to the point where she was so obese and so oversized, but the mother didn't see it. And she just would stuff her with more and more and more food. When we came to the concentration camps, the Baba said, she was large, she was huge. But within one year, she was thin like all of us, emaciated like all of us. Then the Baba said in the concentration camps, there were women, Nazi um, overseers. And there was one who was so huge, it's impossible to describe how big she was. And she never stopped eating. She ate massive amounts. Now, the, concent- the, the guards in the concentration camp were bored. And so they spent their time either beating Jews, tormenting Jews, killing Jews. And one day, this woman came up with a plan, this big fat woman. She said, let's have an eating contest. And there'll be me and there'll be one of you. And whoever wins, well, if I win, she said, you'll all starve for a week. And I know where you hide food and I'll confiscate everything. And if one of you wins, there'll be unlimited food for a week. Sorry, she said, you'll starve for a month. If if one of you wins, unlimited food for a week. So all of us were like so emaciated. Who should do this? So the grandmother said, I approached that woman who used to be very big, that girl. And first she was very insulted. But I said to her, you'll get a good meal. It'll be okay. So the woman said, eventually that girl said, okay. And she had one stipulation. The food must be kosher. Whatever the other one would have on the menu 
her food must be kosher. Anyhow, they prepared like a six-course meal. It was like for an ox to eat. And he goes on to describe all the courses. The first course was a huge bowl of vegetables, a whole loaf of bread, and a whole pot of pea soup. And the next course had two whole roasted chickens with side dishes, and then it was stuffed cabbage, huge proportions. And he describes how the guard wolfed her food down, and the Jewish woman ate very slowly and methodically. And eventually, the guard looked green after about the fifth course. And this woman was slowly eating, slowly eating. And eventually, oh, and there was a rule, you can't talk or you lose. But she called over the grandmother, her friend, and she whispered something. So the guard screamed, you lost, you spoke. The grandmother said, oh, but what she said was, she wonders if there's any more stuffed cabbage. Anyhow, the guard threw her fork down. She said, I give up. I'm about to die. There were big cheers from the Jews. The Jewish women carried their friend back. And somebody said to her, why did you speak? And what did you say? And this woman who was fainting from eating all this food said, I said, if I eat another morsel, I'm going to die. But the grandmother turned it around. With strength and positivity, she said, she beamed out strength and optimism. And that changed everything. When we stand up with strength, our enemies give up. Whether it's our inner enemy, our outer enemy, may we have strength to heal ourselves and heal the world. For God has certainly put it into us. Let's access it. Good Shabbos.